Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw! You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? Well, you know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. What about a talk show host? This is In the Booth. Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. Hi, everybody, and welcome on a Monday. Big weekend, even though there was no football game. How about the news? Last night, a new basketball player joining the fold that has people excited. Big sports weekend, certainly. Good time if you're not uh, focused on Syracuse football for a weekend to check out lots of other games, including the Orange's next opponent, North Carolina, was in a good game that it uh, coughed up at the end against uh, Virginia Tech. The uh, two games last night, Boston fans certainly are excited. The uh, Pats-Chiefs game was great. I know the guys have been talking about that a great deal. And the ALCS is even at one game apiece. We'll start today with a bit of an apology. I kind of made note of it on Thursday night, and we didn't do a great job of further publicizing. Dino Babers told us on Thursday night that uh, Andre Schmidt had been given a a scholarship. So he didn't break that news today. That was right there on the American Dino Babers show out at Press Room Pub on uh, Thursday of last week. And uh, there's all kinds of little nuggets like that on the show. So I hope you uh, check it out again this week now that we're back to a game week, but uh, Andre well-deserved and good moment always when that uh, is bestowed upon a student-athlete who chose to walk on here. He was you know, ready, willing, and able to pay the uh, 70K price tag and has been put on scholarship. That's really a, a great warming moment for everybody involved, and it's not charity. The guy has absolutely earned it for how well he has kicked the ball so far he has missed just one field goal attempt he's been perfect on extra points he leads the ACC in scoring uh, just the way that Seth ran it down there for you a moment ago so congratulations to the Schmidt family and my apologies to you dear listeners that we uh, did not uh, make a bigger deal of that and we should have come in here Friday morning and and, uh, played that soundbite over and and, uh, gotten into it right Paul you're a witness to all that yeah I was there I heard it saw it good I can confirm yeah so good for him uh, the basketball guys obviously are fired up. This Joe Girard thing is a big deal. We'll spend some time on that today. We'll start to uh, work toward homecoming on the weekend, the Orange football against North Carolina. Yes, North Carolina and Syracuse play in the same conference. Yes, they do. And they play in football in the same conference. Although they haven't played one another since 2003. It's a nice series there back in the day, the uh, Donovan McNabb versus Chris Keldorf going uh, back and forth. McNabb versus Dre Bly, who would go on to a great NFL career with the uh, St. Louis Rams. I got a parking ticket when we played at North Carolina. Is that right? Down at uh, Keenan Stadium, which is a beautiful place to see a game. And so they played uh, recently there in the uh, 02 and 03 seasons. That's not recently, but as, as recently as they've played. So North Carolina will be the last team that Syracuse plays for the first time as a conference opponent. That's coming up Saturday, 1220. Can't tell you the time of the NC State game. No surprise. We thought that one might have been a candidate for, and it was indeed put on what they call a six-day hold, which means they'll tell us after the completion of this coming weekend's games what time that Saturday game is, and that's because 
NC State and Clemson have a battle of unbeatens this week. If NC State wins that, that plays the Syracuse game against the Wolfpack into a much better time slot. If they don't, then it's a one-loss NC State team. And they probably won't, obviously, They although they came close the last time down there. If they do not win, then it's uh, sort of just another game, although a good one, uh, a top, you know, near the top of the ACC. It could, should be 5-2 and two Syracuse against 5-1 and one NC State here on the 27th. Good with that? That's all the kind of the, I'm good. the housekeeping. Now we can get into the fun stuff. There seemed like there was something I was going to uh, take you to task for on the Baldwin show, but I only heard a little bit of it. Oh, I know Dan- Daniel's awesome. He does play uh, loose with the facts a little bit. When somebody has a press conference at a hotel ballroom and they say their college choice, they don't sign anything. Yes. Just, <laughs> just so people know. Okay, not in this case. Uh, but uh, that's how it works with Joe Girard. I don't think that was the number one thing, but that did come to mind as I was bouncing in and around uh, the car and listening uh, was it earlier the fact today. That- Cato Kalen is not the biggest. Yeah, I, well, you know, Brewers Bob Euchre, you can't really call a fan. I mean, he works, he's Mr. Brewer, he works for the team. Uh, but I would think he's the non player most associated with the Brewers for sure. I bet you I could find a more the, famous Brewer fan, by the way, if I Googled it. Maybe. I mean, would you say like the uh, Happy Days characters? Was that set in Milwaukee? No, uh, yeah, Laverne and Shirley. That's what was. You did say Penny Marshall earlier. Yes. That's a good call. Did you know that uh, I heard the the story the other day during one of their games, which was a great little nugget? Craig Council grew up in Milwaukee, went on to Notre Dame, and then played in the the majors, as people know, in the Marlins. His father worked for the Brewers, and Craig had like summer jobs and handled menial tasks. His job was to. Help Robin Yount with his fan mail. So he that's would, kind of a shout out. That's you know, has somebody cards? that's our age. I don't know if he if he fudged it or or what, but uh, so maybe he just helped him store it and stash it and get it out or whatever. I'm I'm going to choose the naive point of view on that and feel like he didn't fudge any autographs or whatever, but that he, uh, you know, kind of just helped uh, Robin get the mail out. And, process the packaging and the autographs and whatever. So what did you Google to come up with that with Cato Kalen? Most famous uh, fans for every sporting franchise. And how is Kalen associated with the Brewers? And, you know, obviously Jeffrey Dahmer was a Milwaukee native too. <laughs> you know, they didn't choose him. They've got Bob Euchre. Yeah, I mean, you, you crosses over. You guys were talking about Mr. Belvedere last week. Who was the star of Mr. Belvedere? Bob Euchre. Bob Euchre. Not to mention the Major league movies, which were about the Indians, but were filmed in Milwaukee at their old stadium. David Cook, who is that? Couldn't they go with? Uh, now I just his name just escaped me. But who's the Paul? Uh, friends with Joe Buck and said all those movies was in Forty uh, Year Old Virgin. Paul Paul Rudd would be the biggest uh, Royals fan, I would think. This has really gone down a wormhole. Yeah, no, I'd like to see that. I don't think there's probably a lot of people lined up to identify themselves as as Brewer fans. We didn't uh, think we'd get into that on the program today. If you'd like to chime in, if you're a Brewer fan, if you know one, you can call 315-437-7644-ESPN44. I do have a Brewer's cap. I really enjoy the hat. It's kind of similar to the Padres hat that you're wearing out there, Polly. Colin Kaepernick is a Brewer's fan also. Okay. I think he's a little more famous than Cato Kalen at the moment. Yes, by quite a bit. 
wonder what Kaepernick's uh, connection is. Aaron Rodgers, I would say, is a Brewers fan, you know, just be by virtue of where he works and all that. How do you pick the most famous Yankee fan? That's got to be Yeah, that's stupid. Billy Crystal, though, would yeah, probably come yeah, to mind. Yeah. That's who they have listed. Yeah. Phil Mickelson is the most famous Padres fan. Okay. I can go with that. Edging out you? Yeah. <laughs> Paula Dean, the most famous Nationals fan. <laughs> uh, most famous Nationals fan would be like Barack Obama, I would think. He was a White Sox no, that's fan. That's true. That's a good point. He's probably listed there, isn't he? Uh, I'm sure he is, <clears throat> especially because he's White Sox, yes, not yeah. Cubs. Yeah, he is. Okay, well, good. Well, I'm glad we got that, all that settled. So 200 people in a ballroom last night for the highly anticipated announcement of Joe Girard. And if you've been under a rock and don't know who Joe Girard is, mm-hmm. he is the state player of the year in basketball. He is the all-time leading scorer in the state that – contains New York City. All-time leading scorer in New York State basketball history and still has a year to play. He averaged 50 points per game, 5-0 points per game last year. And I don't care what level of competition you're playing against, you score 50 points a game and pop a shot, you're doing something right. Lance Stevenson had been the previous state high scorer, and I think before him, Stephon Marbury, both of uh, Lincoln High School in New York City. Kenny Anderson, you know, you talk about outstanding New York City guards, and we're not passing off Joe Girard as that, but just in terms of stats and games played and number of points scored, nobody has scored more than Joe Girard, and he has another year to go, and you got to figure he averages 30 points a game rolling out of bed. He's also an outstanding football quarterback, apparently does not endeavor to play football in college, although they are, again, a state title contender at uh, Glens Falls. And his mode, I guess, all along was saying, hey, when football season, when the summer he was doing his recruiting stuff, he said, I'm going to set that aside. I'm going to play my football season. And when the football season comes to a close, I'm going to make my college choice. And some of these guys like to have that made before they go into their senior year. It takes a little pressure off, et cetera. And he had all good choices. Penn State was the first school to offer him a scholarship. So they were – and. I guess I don't follow recruiting as much as probably some of the fans do. Penn State, I think, was just along for the ride all along out of respect for being the first one to be on him. Boston College, I think, actually did have some interest in him playing both sports at one point. They're on the list. Michigan's on the list. His father played here at LeMoyne for John Beeline. Michigan, obviously a tremendous institution, great basketball program. Same with Notre Dame. And then Duke and Syracuse. So you had to figure those were really the four major contenders here. No disrespect meant to Penn State, but they're not the basketball program, or nor Boston College for that matter, although BC's had a little resurgence here lately, of any of the four. And then, you know, you play the different schools off one another, and I think the interesting part, and I know the guys got into it, the coaches didn't know. They did not know until he said Syracuse, stood up, put on the hat, unzipped his uh, track jacket to show a a Syracuse shirt, and it was streamed online. So weird that they wouldn't know that. I know. You want to be the best? You got to play against the best. Play with the best. At bottom, you want to play at the best conference in the country, the ACC. The best venue in the country, the best fans. I think he was being kind of coy there. 
I'll be staying at home like I did in high school and committing Coach Beheim. Could have By the new. way, that's what uh, that's what I remarked about the show earlier today when Daniel said, what do, what do you mean, stay at home? When I first heard that, I thought the same thing, but players of his caliber that are from small towns yeah. very frequently go somewhere else to play for a year in high school. Tyler Lydon would be a great example from not exactly the same neighborhood, but uh, more or less the same neck of the woods. Buddy Beheim did that. And, yeah, a lot of people stay at home when they've got some quality competition in their backyard, et cetera, and I'm sure that's what he was alluding to, that he stayed at home for high school, he dominated, he's staying at home for his uh, senior year at this point with his college uh, situation settled, and in this case, that was how it was built, staying home just a couple hours down the road, and that's got a lot of people excited, and justifiably so. There's a good opportunity here for uh, big things to come for him. He will be billed, I'm sure, as Jerry McNamara 2.0, We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. It's a long way off, but uh, that's exciting stuff. Inside baseball question: Have you t- like did the coaches watch on the stream, or were they one of them there, or was it? You know, I don't know. I know oh. they made a visit late in the week. Uh, I talked to one member of the staff today, and I asked, "When did you find out?" He said, "When he announced it." Uh, so they're watching Mike Waters on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, was- yeah, yeah. It was on Facebook. It was uh, streamed on uh, you know their sort of version of Time Warner Cable out there. Uh, you know, some speculation. I, did he call the other schools ahead of time? Who knows? But uh, he kept it a secret uh, right to the end. And uh, looking forward to uh, seeing as a kid who's interested in new house and good mom and dad and uh, all kinds of good stuff. I know Coach Saddle is excited. He's been following right. He came in every game last year. Hey, did you see what our guy did in the Glens Falls? And blah, blah, blah. So uh, just saw I got a voicemail from Coach Saddle and right as the show was starting, we uh, missed each other. Uh, playing a little phone tag and uh, hope to uh, check his pulse on that one and uh, what could be really an important uh, recruiting class, could be a big-time recruiting class, that Isaiah Stewart that they're talking to, who's a AAU teammate of Gerard and, and on and on. So uh, if they continue to uh, clean up like this, could be something very special in the offing. Orange versus White scrimmage was in the Dome on uh, Friday night. No surprise that O'Shea Brissett stood out in that. Uh, I'm not going to make a great deal of guys running up and down. It was not uh, super intense, but uh, everybody looked good and springy and healthy and bouncy and all those good things. And uh, starting to get into the real meat of uh, the basketball preseason here. Exhibition games will be on the 25th and 31st, and the season opens with a men's and women's doubleheader, 3 o'clock game and then a 7 o'clock game in the Dome on November 6th. For us coming up on the show this week, we'll have uh, Cam Lynch tomorrow in his usual spot on a Tuesday. Bucks got rolled by the Falcons in Atlanta this weekend. Not one of the notable uh, games in the NFL yesterday. There were a lot of good ones, including your Steelers probably pulling one out against the Bengals. They just have a force over them. And uh, obviously the great game last night. Still one more game remaining in the NFL weekend on Monday Night Football, of course. The Bills game was fun to watch. That too, was if, fun. We'll hit. Unless uh, you're a Bills fan. Yeah, we'll hit that in a little bit uh, as they appeared to serve that one up on a platter on the road. Then you've got on uh, Wednesday we'll have Adam Terry on. We'll get into his skull a little bit about how important this game is against uh, North Carolina on Saturday in the Dome. Clearly, it's very important. The Orange cannot afford to lose it and have any type of season close to what they were envisioning early in the year. Uh, a loss would be three in a row would be a loss at home, which isn't good. 
to a North Carolina team that's won just one game. But just like with Pittsburgh, they want to win too. Their coaches get paid too. We'll uh, set the stage for that one for you uh, throughout the week and uh, certainly with some of Coach Baber's press conference comments from uh, earlier today we can uh, share with you. On Thursday, we'll talk with Dave Archer of the ACC Network. He'll be on the call of the game here Saturday in the Dome. He also happens to be the Falcons radio color analyst, so maybe some more NFL talk on uh, Thursday over the course of the week. So all good stuff ahead. Phone calls welcome today at 437-7644. That's 4ESPN44. When we come back, some more of our sound from Joe Girard, from Dino Babers, and through yesterday's highlights, that's all as we continue in the booth on ESPN Radio. Uh, Coach Jerry, McNamara, and the rest of the staff, and just the players. Uh, you know, I got a few, fun, few friends on the team. Uh, you know, Coach Bayheim and Coach G-Mac have been on me for a while now, so you know, I felt most comfortable with them, and uh, couldn't be happier to wear orange. Young Joe Girard there, the uh, newest member of the Syracuse basketball family, not officially yet, but uh, made this announcement yesterday in the uh, Albany area. Hotel... Uh, Outside of town, there's some 200 people gathered, if you uh, read the reporting on that, and uh, a good time had by all, and apparently didn't officially notify the Syracuse staff until well after uh, his announcement last night, but uh, a long time coming, these coaches, and this is true of all the staffs, put in so much time and effort to uh, recruit these kids, and they build the relationships with them, and that's even if they end up going somewhere else. Uh, but in, in this case, you can sort of feel for them because you put all that time in and to not actually get the kid on your campus is um, a real disappointment in, in many, many cases. And uh, in this case, the uh, time and effort from the Syracuse staff toward Gerard paid off and uh, you know has an opportunity really to unify the fan base and bring people over from the Capital Region and lots of good things there. And uh, let's not put him in the Hall of Fame just yet, but uh, right now things are uh, super exciting as to the way the basketball program is trending with this season about to begin. Frank. We got there, Frank. Hello, Frank. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you, Frank? You know, I'm I'm well, thank you, Matt. I appreciate your time. Listen, I heard, uh, and I'm very excited that Joe Girard's come to Syracuse. But I've got to be honest with you, I heard a bunch of people today talking about the fact that he plays at a little school and he averaged 50 up there and, you know, he's not going to be able to do that at Syracuse. No kidding. No kidding. Nobody, yeah. ex- yeah. <laughs> Nobody expects him to, to average 50 at Syracuse. I think this is a huge get for the program. And, you know, to me, when I'm listening to all the pundits talking about where people are going to go and where they should go, it always comes down to in a lot of cases, family, and uh, how close to uh, a quality program the recruit is. And, uh, and, and Glens Falls isn't that far away from Syracuse. This reminds me a lot of when GMAC made his decision to come to Cuse from Scranton. And I think Scranton's a little bit farther away than Glens Falls. But the point is that nowadays it's not just about where you're playing basketball in terms of who's got the, the most accolades of a program. It's about who can Aunt Telly come and see and Uncle Joe and my parents and, and make it easy on them. The quality of the program obviously comes into play, 
but uh, I think this is a, a wonderful get for Syracuse. I don't know that much about Joe Girard. I've read about him, but uh, I think that he's coming to a program where he can develop and he can become uh, a type of player that Syracuse gets here, a.k.a. G-Mac, Trevor Cooney, the shooting guards, the off guards, maybe he's 6'2". I don't think he'll play point, but what difference does it make? This is a wonderful get, and uh, when 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 you don't have a bench for years and all of a sudden you got guys who are coming in that can play, that's terrific. I wanted to make a, a point about the football game this weekend. This is a, a, a huge game for Syracuse to win. I don't think that they're going to lose it. Of course, I didn't think they were going to lose Pitt, but uh, Pitt proved uh, with their, with their uh, effort against Notre Dame that they're not a slouch either. So uh, I'm going to be up there on Saturday, tailgating, listening to Matt Park on the radio because he's one of the best play-by-play guys in the United States of America. And I'm just, now I'm you've not gone just off the rocker, to Frank. You up. You're, you're a, a tremendous, tremendous asset to the program. But, um, okay, it's exciting times for Syracuse. Got a great recruit. Got a chance to get to 5-2 and two and beat uh, the, the counterparts of North Carolina State the next weekend. So uh, everybody in Q should be excited about the positives and, and make it positive. Go to the game this, this weekend. Um, you're done picking apples, you're done going to the Green Lakes and walking around, go to the football game this weekend. Thank you, man. Awesome stuff. That's our show for today, everybody. Thanks, Frank. We'll just uh, play that on a loop. (laughs) My father's name is Frank. (laughs) That wasn't him. But uh, Frank's a very nice, uh, smart gentleman. We appreciate uh, his time and and his call. Uh, Forget the second part, and we, you know, obviously hope we'll get back into football and hope everybody comes out to the game. He's spot on about you know, one of the reasons I don't get super jacked up and tied into recruiting is you never know until they're here. Nobody's quite as they're projected. Some guys are better than than they ever could have been th- thought of on paper coming in. So many of these recruiting things. There's there's a player on the football team right now who, when he was first asked, you know, hey, who do you pattern your game after? Well, uh, I'm a mix of Ray Lewis and Cam Chancellor. Okay, two Hall of Famers, and this guy hasn't been on the field. Mm-hmm. All right, so everybody thinks they're, you know, superstars. So let's just pump the brakes on that a little bit. But to Frank's point, yeah, first of all, if you can score fifty, I don't care where you're playing. You, you're averaging a point and a half a minute. You're a stud, a stud. Now, does that mean he's going to light it up in college? Of course not. But the other thing I want people to understand is, if you play major Division One college basketball. And you average 12 points a game for four years, you're an awesome player. You're the best player probably ever from your high school league or close to it. You know, uh, we talk about a guy like Matt Rowe. Matt Rowe averaged 18 points a game in the ACC. You know, the guy's the best player at FM, you know, for a long time until recently. He can ball. Could ball. Still can. Now it's just a smaller ball than he puts on a tee. But You know, people who are, if you want to say, oh, of course, you know, there's no revelation. Of course, he's not going to average 50 points a game. You know, he's not Pete Maravich. That's a that's a uh, long ago era. But uh, I think there's plenty of reason to be excited. As for football, you're right. The the Orange are obviously heavily favored to uh, get to 5-2. and two. Doing that uh, starts to 
ease the wounds a little bit about games that have gotten away. We'll hear Coach Baber's comments on that here over the course of the show. Let's quickly run through some of the highlights. I have, I have a question for yes, you sir. before we get it. He said something else. Interesting. Do you think people still listen to the games at the game? Is that still a Well, unfortunately, radio... Because that's very cool. Radio dork. Well, not cool in the way where you're going to pick up ladies with your headset on. No. But, but unfortunately, though, Polly, you and the radio business and all of the various technologies that have come in have made that a little harder to do. The Walkman. There's is- so many delays and things built into how we process these broadcasts. Yes, I think people do that, and I'm that to me, I take that as big a compliment as could possibly be. There's a fan that sits right below us in the press box, has his headset on every game. That's awesome. I hate, hate, hate that there's a delay involved. I understand how it comes into being. I wish we could get rid of it to the largest degree possible. Uh, I saw Bob with shoes and had a Twitter interaction. He's the radio voice of the New York Jets, and a fan had said, hey, Bob, I watched the game at home, and I listened to you guys, and it was great. And Bob said, my understanding is the radio station was doing what it could to uh, tighten up the delay, and apparently they'd made some progress. I'm not faulting anybody here for why we have a little bit of a delay. I just wish it wasn't the case. I can tell you if you're like... No, I know why it exists. It's, there's HD broadcast. No, I know. I, I, that's what I was just saying. I'm not. I'm not debating it. And and if it's worth the trade off too of being on all these platforms. Yeah. People listen all over the world on satellite radio, on the internet, on TuneIn, and those apps and stuff. And so that's all great too. If you're listening on TuneIn, you're not listening on the game. You're, you're two minutes late. You know. If you listen at the game, TuneIn uh, 99.1 actually comes in a little bit better at the dome than 99.5. And um, just pretend. Pretend that what we did was we waited and then just said to play later. Uh, as a kid, I always used to do that because if someone got hurt and stuff, I wanted to know what happened because you, when you're yeah. sitting in the stands, you can't yeah. find out what happened, and the play-by-play guys can tell you. Yeah, and we might hear scores of other games, and you might hear reports from the sideline. Brian gets some good intel down there and and uh, maybe a little background and context, and, and you can either amuse or bore all the people in your section if you'd like to listen, but uh, would love to have people listen. Chicks dig guys with Walkman. Yeah, well, when Matt Matt Vaskersian, who's at MLB Network now and did the Sunday night baseball game, when he was the uh, radio announcer for the Chiefs back in the dark ages in the the mid-90s, they had, and I've copied it a couple places that I've been, a a promotion called Headsets in the House. And they basically, you know, if you were listening and you wrote down your section and then he he would point it out and if you where you know made it clear you were paying attention, listen, wave back, whatever, there was a prize. Um, did some some fun stuff to encourage that. I would love to do it. You might be aware, Polly, that uh, they make these antenna that you can put on your equipment that broadcast just inside the stadium on no delay at all. You might want to pony up for those sometime. North Carolina does that. I have the I actually have the equipment to do that. Let's go. All right, it's it's a lot of work, but we can probably make it happen. We know that's going to turn out. But I appreciate the call there, Frank. And if there's even just one other person out there, who doesn't want to hear more of this gunk? Hear all this? (laughs) Hear this frog in my throat? If you want to hear this up close and personal, right in your ears on game day, tune in. All right, let's go through some of the uh, quick highlights. Boston uh, bounced back last night. David Price still didn't have that great a game, but uh, Garrett Cole gave up more runs than in any other game over the course of the season, and the Red Sox had it rocking at Fenway. Cole turns on the rubber, now a 2-1. Swing and a high fly ball towards the left field corner. 
Gonzalez towards the line, and that one's off the monster. In to score, Bogarts. Pierce on his heels. Here comes Devers. Bradley's into second. Jackie Bradley Jr. clears the bases. Red Sox by a run. Boston on top. 5-4 as that was high up onto the monster just inside the pole, and it stayed in the park. And there's our man, uh, John Boog Shambi. He and uh, Jess Mendoza on the uh, American League Championship Series. You can hear that. And the National League Championship Series, which has uh, Dan Shulman and Chris Singleton on the call uh, here on our ESPN stations, 97.7 FM, but uh, more likely for now, ESPN Radio 1200 AM through uh, some of the conflicts here. And then the World Series will get uh, a little wider clearance, but uh, we're starting to get some other things going on here with uh, Syracuse Sports and the Crunch on uh, the big stick. The one cool thing that happened in that game at uh, Fenway last night, one of them was a, a ball that ricocheted off the monster onto the padding along the left field line, and it rolled along uh, the padding uh, kind of half out of play and out of the reach of the of the left fielder, and uh, that's cool to see those uh, peculiar bounces in the old stadium. Big NFL games, uh, we talked about a couple of crazy ones, and uh, right there in the Boston area, the Pats and Chiefs, uh, two of the very best teams in the NFL, a great showdown, and Tom Brady, a rushing touchdown. This is not the game winner, but it's one that gives uh, New England the lead late, and uh, by Brady standards, a long rushing touchdown. Brady's in the gun. He's got White to his right. Hogan and Gordon, the receivers to the right. Gronkowski in motion from right to left. Edelman on the left side. Brady out of the shotgun on third and goal at the four. Pumps. Pressure comes. Brady in trouble. Gets away. A flag down in the end zone. Brady will run and dives into the end zone for the touchdown. Tom Brady breaking tackles and diving headfirst for six to give the Patriots a 36-33 lead. Brady has a lot of rushing touchdowns in his career. Most of the quarterback sneak variety, that was not a uh, quarterback sneak. That was a heck of a run. Back and forth. Right after that, the Chiefs scored. It was either one play or two. And with this ability, Pat Mahomes can throw it farther than anybody. Tyreek Hill, the fastest player in the NFL. This is what happens. Hill and Watkins will go to the right of the line. Travis Kelsey, who's been quiet, hadn't had a catch in the second half, stands on the left side. Mahomes off play action. Backside pressure comes. Steps in the pocket. Going deep. Wide open at the 40-yard line is Hill. Down the left sideline to the 30. Turns on the speed at the 20. Inside the 10. Touchdown Tyreek Hill. One play. 75 yards. And we're an extra point away from tying it up. And they would tie it up. And then the Patriots hit on another long pass play to Rob Gronkowski and uh, would go on to score the game-winning field goal in the final seconds. Uh, you'll hear the Pats and Chiefs maybe playing again. Those, those are two very, very good teams. And uh, one last one. This one did not go well for the uh, Buffalo Bills on the road with the lead, though, late at Houston, and Nathan Peterman happened. Second and 10 from the 25, the snap. Here comes the blitz. Peterman gets rid of it. Picked off. Intercepted at the 30-yard line. They will walk in for the pick six. Jonathan Joseph runs it in with a go-ahead touchdown. And I'm not going to bash Nathan Peterman. You know, that's been done enough. You're going to hear that a lot of places. I have respect for anybody that's a professional athlete for a day. Nathan Peterman, it's over. He just has not shown the ability to stick in the NFL. He throws it to the wrong team too many times. A couple times it looks 
like he thinks his team is wearing that color uniform, and they're not. They were not wearing the red yesterday in Houston. John on the phone. Hello, John. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Uh, I heard you talking about watching, uh, listening to the game at the Dome. Now, for like 30 years, I used to always bring a radio and listen to the basketball and the football games while I was watching the games. The last five years or so, it's impossible to do. It's like a 10-second delay. Is there any way to fix that? Well, not really. I mean, what there is, there's a couple things you can do. What we were just talking about before you called, John, is in the modern era, the way that those broadcasts are distributed, there's going to be a delay. And there's certain ones that are put in voluntarily, and there's certain that you can't get around. And I think the part you can't get around is pretty close to 10 seconds, unfortunately. Um, you know, I don't think it's because we have the dump button on. Uh, that, that doesn't need to be on, in my opinion. Uh, and I don't think that's it. Our, without boring you to tears, when we put a broadcast on, it's a glorified phone call to our network operation in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Then they make a glorified phone call, a connection to a satellite in Denver. That beams the signal up to the satellite, back down to the radio station, and that's what you hear. So so there's going to be a little bit of a delay no matter what, and then when it gets to the radio station, there's some processing to make it sound better and and what have you. But um, unfortunately, I would love for it to be, you know, completely instantaneous, I don't know that that's a possibility. They're, they do make radios, though, John, um, because you asked, called Sports Sync. Sports Sync. Sports Sync. And what you do, this is when this is the going the other way. If you ever wanted to watch a game at home, first of all, if the TV's ahead of the radio, you could pause the TV and it'll catch up because you've got your DVR. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Which that's not usually going to happen. It's not going to be the case that TV's ahead of radio. If radio's ahead of TV, because even the delay you're talking about is not what the delay would be on cable television, then with this sports sync, you can build in a little bit of a delay, two, four, six, eight seconds, and now you've synced it up. So if you determine that you know tip-off happened uh, eight seconds ago on radio and it's just now happening on TV, you can slow down the radio for it to lock up. And so if you're, you're interested in that, we can hook you up with the the info on that probably a forty dollar radio yeah but what if you're at the game and you yeah, want to watch that's, the that's basketball what I said. game no you're you can't do it no god right. bless you i we just talked about this paulie's had equipment for years that he's let collect dust that it's what we used to use for wireless it's it's yeah. so outdated now that it's you know the equipment's really outdated and he doesn't want to set it up, John. Let's let's be oh, honest. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> it takes two seconds. <laughs> All right. Um, but no, what happens in those cases, uh, John? Some of the it, it would it's easier said than done. But there is a, a little bit of a capability, and we would say on that day, um, in addition to all the radio stations we're on in the dome, we're on. Uh, you would be in the 88. Yeah, 80, 88.7. Yeah. And you would turn to 88.7. The hard part there is it's also hard to communicate all that and, and for us to be on the same page for you to, to get that and, and hear it all the time is, is easier said than done. But we appreciate uh, the passion, and, and uh, we'll do the best we can for you, okay? Thank you. All right, that's John. Appreciate the call there, John. Nerd fest. No, I'm right there with him. I would love to. I mean, we could do it. I would have to, yeah. No, I could do it. It literally take me two seconds. 
You get into issues. I'll talk. I know about commercials you, and everything you, else. No, no, it's not even the commercials. You just run in up at the carrier dome. There's I know. so well, much then you radio get, interference. You have the student yeah. radio station is 88.3, and then there's another one's 89.1, and there's all kinds of things. We're way behind. Some issues. Today. Yeah, we've yacked. We're not having a guest today. <laughs> Hey, maybe, maybe we can get Frank back and tell him how, you know, tell everybody how much he likes me, and then we can close out the show that way. All right, back with a little Dino Babers, time permitting. This is In the Booth on ESPN Radio. Do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No, wait, the other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Don't care no more. The LA Angels managerial job has opened up after Mike Sosha has decided to leave after 19 years at the helm. And according to John Morosi of MLB Network, the Angels will be administrating a two-hour written test to managerial candidates with questions about analytical, interpersonal, and game management aspects of the job. Yeah, that's probably not as unusual as maybe you're presenting it. First of all, the analytical part of it is they want to know every team in the major leagues is on one end of the spectrum or the other in terms of the analytics and how much they buy in. They want to find out right away, is this guy going to clash with the general manager because the GM is going to come down and say, eh, the numbers uh, tell us that we need to play this kind of shift and we need to play this lineup. Is the manager going to push back? And your modern managerial candidates typically do not push back on that. They're high on the analytical scale, and so that's what they're trying to suss out here. I think it's just funny to imagine these these guys sitting at a desk taking a test for two hours. These be the first time for many of them in a long sure. time, if ever. Right? <laughs> Not exactly. Uh, there aren't as many college guys in uh, in baseball as there are the other sports, but uh, we'll see how that shakes out. The number of openings right now in the uh, Major League Baseball managerial ranks. We have an opening for a field goal kicker at the Carrier Dome on Saturday. Not during the game. That's Andre Schmidt. Just got a scholarship. But you can listen to uh, ESPN Radio, which you're already doing. And now call. We'll take the fifth caller at uh, 4ESPN44, 437-7644. And the fifth caller will be entered to win. We'll pick on Wednesday the contestant that will kick a field goal on the field at the Dome Saturday. If you make it, you are $1,000 richer from ESPN Radio Syracuse. That's our show for today. Thank you to Tommy and Polly and you for listening. Talk to you tomorrow at 2 on ESPN Radio Syracuse.